We'll get to episode 231 in just a moment. But before we do, I'd like to ask for your support of I Can't See You. Whenever you need to shop at Amazon.com, please use my affiliate link by going to ICan'tSeeYou.com slash Amazon. That'll take you right to Amazon.com's homepage. Shop as you normally do. Check out as you normally do. It doesn't cost you anything more. And I may earn a small commission for your purchase. Again, that's ICan'tSeeYou.com slash Amazon. And remember, I Can't See You sounds like a whole sentence, but it's only seven characters long. I-C-A-N-T-C-U.com slash Amazon. Thank you so much for your support. I really do appreciate it. From Studio B in Swarthmore, this is the I Can't See You podcast with David. It's like blind people for dummies. Hello there, and welcome to episode 231 of I Can't See You. My name is David, at David Benj on all the socials. I really do appreciate you joining me for this episode, and my apologies for the last couple of episodes. I have forgotten to tell you where to go for the show notes. And that's over at the website. So whenever you think about what episode number it is, you can go to icansee.com slash the three-digit number. In this case, again, it's episode 231. I'll mention it again, hopefully, at the end of the episode. Also, as we roll into Memorial Day weekend here in the United States, I hope everybody is set to have a nice weekend, but let's not forget why we're doing it, and that is for those who have given the ultimate sacrifice in defending our country. So if you do celebrate, I hope you have an enjoyable weekend, but again, don't lose sight of what it's for. I can tell you this, that Ziggy has been very happy because Jane came home last night, so Jacob and Jane and Liz and I, of course, are here with Ziggy, and he is very, very happy about that, and he smells a lot better than he did in the last couple of days because he went to the groomer yesterday. He had rolled around in something and smelled so bad. We tried dry shampoo. We just couldn't get rid of it. So that is all that's happening here. But I do have a few other things to talk about that are vision-related, and we'll get to each one of them a little bit at a time. I wanted to lead off with an update on my JAWS training at CBVI. And it's really gotten a lot better. I'm starting to remember a lot more things Slowly but surely, it's coming around. Just imagine, if you want to know what it's like to use JAWS, or any screen reader for that matter, realize that you're using a computer without a mouse. So if you want to know what it's like, close your eyes and unplug your mouse and turn on the screen reader and then figure out how to get wherever you need to go. That's what it's like because there's no mouse. Obviously, if you can't see, the mouse is pointless. Now, as I've mentioned before on my Mac, I still use a mouse, and I love the mouse because when my vision is good enough, I can zoom in and figure out what I want to read in a paragraph or an article, and I just highlight it, and I use the text-to-speech. I don't use the voiceover. And when I can't, I just turn voiceover on, and I go that way on my Mac, I am not prepared to use any site on my laptop. I just can't see it. There's just not enough vision to... I might be able to see if there's an image on the screen, and I'll get to that in a second. But on my PC laptop, I am planning to use it just by listening. 
kind of like the segment at the end of this <laughs> podcast. I'm just going to listen. It's called Just Listen, but you know what I mean. One thing that we found this week that was very interesting as I was practicing, I was learning bookmarks and going to bookmarks from the bookmark menu and doing all the keyboard shortcuts. So if you ever worry, if your vision is starting to, to falter, I'm not laughing at that, but if your vision is starting to falter, you might want to learn all the keyboard shortcuts you can, whether you're on a Mac or you're on a Windows machine, because you use all of them or most of them when you are using a screen reader. Some change a little bit, but for the most part, especially on VoiceOver, all of the Mac shortcuts really come in handy. I I don't know enough yet on the Windows machine if a lot of the things are a Windows shortcut, you know, keyboard shortcut, or if it's a JAWS thing. I'm guessing most of those are Windows keyboard shortcuts. So, Learn those and you'll be in great shape. Or if you have a mouse like mine for the Mac, and it's one of those ones in Apple's infinite wisdom to make it a rechargeable battery that can't be replaced with the plug on the bottom. So when the mouse dies, you can't use it until you recharge it. I had a mouse similar to this that allowed for regular batteries, meaning I think they were AA. And I used rechargeable AA's, and it worked well because I had either four or eight of them, I don't remember. And so when two were in, or four were in, I don't remember how many it took, the others were charging. So then when the ones that were in the mouse went bad, I just swapped them out, bing, bang, boom. But like I said, now you have to actually plug it in. And the, the reason I like this mouse, the whole back of it, as I've mentioned, is like a trackpad so that I can just move my finger around and I do that. And then zooming in is very easy as well because I just hold down the control key and swipe up to zoom in and swipe down to uh, zoom out. It's great, I love it. And I zoom in and out constantly as well as knocking the sides of what I'm looking at to nudge it over a little bit if I need to read something more to the right or to the left or whatever. So it's just been very comfortable for me, with the exception of now I just can't read a lot of stuff that's on my screen. I also have reverse colors, so I read black uh, with a black background with white text. I mentioned that I was practicing this week doing bookmarks and things like that at CBVI, and one of the bookmarks that I went to was a practice civil service exam. And you had to complete it in a certain amount of time. And I did a few of them, and they were kind of fun. I, I always like game shows, you know, trivia nights, things like that. Uh, Quizzo, if you're going to a bar or restaurant that has it. Well, I'm doing this the other day, and it was, I don't want to say it was a time waster, but it was towards the end of the session, and they were having me type to see if my typing in increased in speed. And, and I got to be honest with you, I got to 42 words a minute. And that's where I kind of topped out because I just my, <laughs> my fingers just don't move that fast and don't bend in a good way most days. Most of the times I was in the mid 30s as far as words per minute. No, not crappy, but not great. So I'm doing this civil service test exam. Or yeah, I guess it would be a test exam. 
And I go through a couple of sections, bing, bang, boom, no issues. Then I get to one section and I'm, I get one wrong. And it said that the correct answer is highlighted in green. I can't hear green. Green wasn't announced. <laughs> so I don't know what the right answer was and you couldn't go back and check. So that kind of sucked, and that made me a little angry and agitated, but I was okay with that. I'm figuring, okay, I got, I think it was six out of seven or seven out of eight. I don't remember. But I don't know what I did wrong in that one answer. I go to another section, and I start doing it, and I'm figuring and doing, and, and then I get to a question that says, what's the total number of hours on average? And I said, what? And my instructor, Johnny Lynn, was sitting right next to me, and she said, what's the matter? And I said, did you hear that question? And so I hit it again, and it said it. I said, there's got to be a graphic or something there, because I don't know what <laughs> how to answer that. So I think we were using her laptop with this test. And she pulled it up, and sure enough, there was a graphic. I don't know what kind of image it was, but Jaws wasn't reading what it was. And it was basically, it looked like a table, almost looked like a spreadsheet, but it was an image. And voiceover, I'm sorry, Jaws wasn't reading it. So I took a picture of the screen so that I could have somebody here take a look at it, because I remember all the answers. The, answer, the answers were 20, 21, 22, 23 none of the above. But I haven't shown it to, I, I briefly showed it to Liz while she was making dinner yesterday. <laughs> and I am recording this on Thursday, the day that I hope to release it. We'll see. So I could at least figure out what I'm supposed to be figuring there. And that was really irritating to me because we went another couple of questions and again, there was another graphic. So to me, that means that if you are blind or visually impaired to the point where you can't see that graphic, how are you supposed to complete that test? Now, I don't know if that's something that's still on the test, because again, this was a practice exam. And again, I don't really care for me because I'm not going to be a mailman or work at the state store or any of those things. It was just something to do to challenge me as far as using bookmarks and navigating and using the keyboard shortcuts on Windows to go from one page to the next and so forth and so on. But it was frustrating that in this day and age, the test would have something like that where somebody who does want to do one of those jobs, and again, not necessarily a letter carrier, but you might work in the post office, I don't know. And you couldn't, what if you... What if there were 10 questions? And I don't know how many questions are on these tests. And I guess I could ask Jacob because he took that when he worked at the state store a few years ago. So that kind of bummed me out because someone who wants to work a job that you need to pass the civil service exam maybe couldn't if they are blind or visually impaired. So I'm looking further into it. And as soon as I find something out, I, of course, will report back. One of the other things that I've been doing with JAWS was today I downloaded Reaper and Osara, which is a helpful, I guess you would call it plug-in, to help you 
use Reaper while using a screen reader. So I'm excited to try that out because I was listening to Double Tap, and I believe the episode came out on Tuesday. If you don't know Double Tap, Double Tap is a Canadian show by two guys from the UK, Stephen Scott and Sean Priest. Stephen is Scottish. I don't know if Sean is. He's English, I believe. English or Scottish. I'm not 100%. Stephen was off, and so Sean was by himself talking to a couple of folks who had a lot of information about Reaper. And it was just an outstanding episode. And they talked about the one thing that I didn't know about Reaper is it is not destructive. For example, I am recording this episode through my Zoom P4 into GarageBand, but I'm recording in GarageBand. And this has happened on a couple of occasions where I have made an edit by accident. And fortunately, I didn't hit save right after I made that edit. I was able to, what I call Apple Z, it would be Command Z and undo it. But had I not done that, or had I hit the save button, Command S, (laughs) I would have lost that episode because it's nowhere else. That track only was in GarageBand. It's not backed up. It's not saved somewhere else. That's it. The fact that Reaper doesn't destroy the track, it just takes out the parts you don't want and does other things, effects to the parts you do want, sounds awesome to me. And I got really excited when I listened to this episode. And again, it was a really good episode. I'll put a link in the show notes to that specific episode. Again, I think it was Tuesday's episode. They come out six days a week, Monday through Saturday. And like I said, it's a a great show. It's usually about an hour long. If you're in Canada, obviously you know of AMI and all the different shows they have. But again, that's called Double Tap, and it was hosted by Sean Priest talking to, I think her name was Jen and Scott, about Reaper and Osara. Um, So I'm really excited to try that. And uh, I'll let you know how that goes. And maybe one day soon, (laughs) I will be editing on that and recording on the Zoom PodTrack P4. But we'll see. Um, I've had some issues, as you know, if you've been a longtime listener, when I got that, getting some feedback or some hum. And uh, we'll see how it goes if I just decide to use that and see how it sounds. I've talked about it for a few months now, but I've been working on the National Federation of the Blind of Pennsylvania's new website. And I'm one of a couple of people working on it. And one of the problems that we've had, and I've done it as well, there's been an issue with the footer. Whenever you go into the footer to make a change, Something else happens. Whether you make that change, I I had a problem once where I just went into the footer, didn't do anything. I may have hit save or update, and the social icons were gone. Last week or week before, someone else had gone into the footer to change a link or something. I don't remember exactly what it was, but when I checked it, Social icons are gone. So I've had the help of a colleague in the UK, and she restored that. She's been the one 
<laughs> she's been the one to help with doing the images and some of the things that I just don't know enough to do or just can't see enough to do. And the one thing I have realized as I'm working on this website, and I realized this, I think, also when I was working on uh, blindtechshow.com, that I really like doing that. I really like working on the website. I mean, there are issues with it, of course. And with Flight for Sight, I enjoyed working on that, but that was such a long, drawn-out process to get content. And from listening to podcasts about web design from other web designers talking about having something in the contract when you do a project. If people want a site done, they've got to submit content in a timely fashion or pay for the project in its entirety before it's actually done. And from the different podcasts that I listened to, they talked about that where that sometimes helps get people motivated and other times it doesn't. That, in the almost 20 years that I've been doing digital graphics design, that has been the biggest problem. I mean, other than (laughs) finding a whole bunch of clients. It has been the biggest problem once we have a client. I did a website, I don't remember how many years ago, I, I think we were still living in media, So I did a website for a homeowner's association, and I couldn't get content from them. And it was just unreal that I got a call one day, an angry call from somebody on the homeowner's association board saying, why is it taking you so long to finish this website? And I said, I've been dealing with, I don't remember the person's name, and I'm waiting on content. And I forwarded this person the email exchanges that I had with this other person to show that I kept asking for content and wasn't getting it. So that has always been an issue from day one. So we'll see how that goes. But I really do enjoy making the websites. And uh, I'm hoping that I can wrap up the NFB of Pennsylvania site soon. But one of the other issues is we are bringing content over from their old website. And some of that content has a bunch of errors in it. I did a page the other day, and I, I, it's basically come down to going to the page that I want, copying it, you know, just highlighting it, copying it, bringing it into Notes on my computer, which is similar to Notepad on a PC, and taking the formatting out and then dropping it into WordPress. And I'm thinking, why is this page so long? How many chapters are there in the National Federation of the Blind of Pennsylvania? Well, there's only like eight. This page went on longer than eight, but I wasn't reading it as I was copying it. And as I mentioned, I if I don't have voiceover on or if I am if I don't stop to highlight just a portion of it to read using text to speech, I have no idea what it says. So once I copied the whole thing and plopped it down, I started reading it. And it went through every chapter. And then it went through every chapter again. But it seems slightly different on the second end. The other thing that was on this page was a COVID blurb up at the top saying that all meetings 
during this COVID-19 crisis would be virtual via Zoom. Well, I don't know about you, but the Keystone chapter has been meeting in person (laughs) for at least a year at the Penn Museum, which is fantastic. We still offer the Zoom part of it because some people can't get there, and it makes a great component to our meeting because, as I've mentioned before, we have 10 or 12 or maybe a few more in person, and we have another dozen or so, maybe more, online if they can't make it. Or what happens a lot of times, someone going to the meeting but public transport or paratransit are late, so they start off listening to the meeting via Zoom on their commute in, and then when they get there, of course, they close Zoom down and just have a seat at the table. I don't know what I'm going to find as I go through and do these other pages. Now, I've done a whole bunch of pages so far, and I haven't had an issue. One other note that I did see that we have to fix is there's bios on all the board members, and some of them have some outdated things on them. For example, the person, his name is Jason, he's the president of the Capital Chapter. In his bio, it says how excited the Capital Chapter is to host the 2021 State Convention. Now, I guess we could just change that to a three because we're going to be meeting there again in November of this year. But things like that, there are other issues like that that somebody just needs to go through it and update it. So I'm hoping that I don't find a whole bunch of issues. Another thing that I thought was funny with the old NFB site, my convention for linking to outside websites, meaning if you're sending somebody to the NFB.org website, you would have that open in a new window. And it is very inconsistent on the old website. And I don't know why. I don't know if more than one person did it. Somebody didn't know they weren't opening in a new tab or window. But to me, that is so important. If you're sending somebody to another website, whether it's YouTube, social media, or just some other site, it's got to open in a new window. So the time stays on, in Google's eyes, somebody's staying on the website the NFB of Pennsylvania website. So that's a pain in the butt to have to go back and check all the links. I would have preferred it had there not been any links that copied over, but I didn't want to, it's also good in Google's eyes, to link to outside sources. Just like it's good to have outside sources link into your content. So I've been working on that, and as I've mentioned, timing has been a big issue for me because I've calculated each day Each and every day of the week, I spend between four and six hours of doing either NFB of PA stuff or Keystone stuff. Four to six hours per day. Whether it's editing White Canes Connect or recording White Canes Connect or talking about White Canes Connect or doing some email for White Canes Connect or doing an email for the Keystone chapter. Things like that. Now, don't get me wrong. I love doing the emails to the different list serves because all my contact information is in each email. What's in my signature besides my contact information 
are links to Apple, Spotify, things like that for my own podcast. So it's a way of maybe getting a listener or two. What else is in that is my link, com slash Amazon. So if somebody clicks on it and goes to Amazon and makes a purchase, boom, I get a small commission. Just like I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, com slash Amazon. Thank you very much. Please use it. <laughs> so I am trying to juggle all these hours and get everything done. And it's honestly, it's, it's, not, <laughs> it's not getting done because I still have MailChimp to get up and running. And I still have some 2023 spring mail appeal for the NFB of Pennsylvania to get out. And for better or for worse, I noticed a problem with the banner of the NFB letterhead. Sorry, the NFB of Pennsylvania letterhead. And I asked Liz to verify to make sure I wasn't seeing it wrong. The NFB of Pennsylvania letterhead has the logo, and it has the address and phone number to call. And then under it, it has the officers, president, vice president one, vice president two, treasurer and secretary. Well, a couple of them aren't centered properly, meaning the person who is, and I don't remember which one it is, let's just use secretary, for example. So Harriet Go is the secretary. She's also the president of the Keystone chapter. So her name, Harriet Go, and the word secretary are not aligned properly, meaning her name may start before the word secretary starts. It doesn't line up right, and it just looks wrong to me. The one thing that I don't ever want to do is to make it look like some blind person created it. Oh, it's okay because a blind guy did it or a blind girl. It has to look correct as if somebody else did it. Now, I know that there are sighted people out there that could screw that up as well, but I don't want it to say, hey, look at the NFB of Pennsylvania. They obviously had one of their own do it because, look, it's not lined up right. I find stuff like that, and it bothers me immensely. So there are all these things that I've got to do, and I really got to get this site launched because the state convention registration opens in July. So I want to have the site up. We want to talk about the site being up, and we've put some more pictures, grabbed some more pictures to put up, and Jane B. from the UK, who's helping me, and I will put a link. I'm not sure if it's going to be in this show notes or I'll wait until all is said and done, but she has been a huge help. And what is awesome about her, besides helping me, I ask her a question about something. She gives me a very in-depth answer on exactly what to do. And I told her the other day, I said, you really should do a course on Generate Press, which is the theme that uh, we're using on nfbpa.org. And a few others. In fact, my website will probably move to that if I ever finish White Canes Connect. That will be on there. And she has just been a great help. In fact, she helped me out a little bit when I was having trouble with some images on blindtechshow.com. And she sent me these links and she sent me best practices. I still save them. And when I'm doing other sites, I still refer back to them. And I told her that the other day when I told her she should have a course. So I hope she does, because she is very 
very good at explaining what to do and how to do it and the different things in Generate Press that maybe I'm not familiar with. And that's one thing with the themes. Each theme has some things that are a little bit different. I've also used Divi a lot, but Divi is a little bulkier than Generate Press. Generate Press is very lean and is very fast, and that's why I wanted to use that for nfbfpa.org, and that's why I'm going to use it for whitecanesconnect.com and so forth. I know, I hear you laughing about whitecanesconnect.com. I've had that domain about a year, and it's not up and running yet. But I'll get to it one of these days, and I'll get to a lot of things once I get this nfbfpa.org done. But it's frustrating to me when I have folks who give me more work to do with the site when they go in and change things or add things, and it's, it's just getting a, little ex- <laughs> it's getting a little exhausting. But I do love doing the web design to the point where I'm actually also redoing digitalgraphicsdesign.com. Don't go there yet. It's not done. And I'm a, I'm a fan of just leaving the thing up there and not putting a coming soon page. <laughs> so I'm flip-flopping a couple things around. Instead of doing just listen right at the very end, I'm going to do it before I talk about the newest episode of White Canes Connect. So in this week's Just Listen, there's a little bit of a story, and that was one of the reasons why I wanted to flip-flop them. I mentioned a few weeks ago that I went to bid, sip, and celebrate over at the Walden School where Liz teaches and will be teaching next year. She signed on. Liz, and I don't think all of the teachers, but a lot of the teachers put something in the auction so to help the school get some money. One of the things that has been popular for kids is to bid on Liz. One, one was a little creepy uh, four or five years ago. <laughs> It was Mrs. Goldstein will read a a story, and I don't remember. It was kind of like a basically a babysitting service for for an hour or two. And I I think when Liz did it, I don't know that the family had left because we were fairly friendly with the family. So I'm not sure. I don't remember the whole story. But again, it's four or five years ago. It was well before COVID, and that was a lifetime ago. It seems already. But for the last couple of years, Liz has done a. She will go to your sporting event and bring a treat and also cheer your team on. And it's funny. She brings pom-poms and everything. It's almost embarrassing. <laughs> but Ziggy liked the pom-poms, and uh, one of the dogs there enjoyed the pom-poms too. So – and I'll, I'll get to what that was in a sec. So this year, the person who won was the same person who won – I guess it was last year – which was, um, her name is Pigeon. There's a story there. I don't remember the whole thing, so I'm not going to tell it. That's not obviously her given name. (laughs) She has twin daughters that play sports. They play basketball and lacrosse. Last year, we went to a basketball game and brought some peanut brittle and I forget what else. I don't remember if Liz made cookies or something else. So this year, they won her again for $130, which... You know, is good, but she thought it could have been more. The peanut brittle alone is probably worth a hundred. <laughs> I know because I sampled it. So Pigeon told Liz when the games were, and we had one last game to go. The final game of the rec league season was this past Sunday. Why well, I'm not recording on Sunday and actually recording on Thursday. 
The game was over at Sun Valley High School in Aston, and Strathaven Rec was playing Aston Rec. And I can't tell you the last time I went to a lacrosse game. In fact, Liz and I were talking about it. We're not sure if we had gone to a Wings game, and that was the last time we had been to lacrosse, or if there was something else in between. Wings for Philadelphia Wings are indoor lacrosse, just so you know. This was an outdoor game. So we go to this game, and there was just this giant field, and I couldn't see anything. I had no idea what was going on. Liz was trying to do a little play-by-play, but again, we're there, and she's talking to Pigeon and her husband and things like that. So it was impossible for me to know what was happening, other than when I hear the whistle and I hear cheering, or I guess I heard cheering and then the whistle, so I knew somebody scored. And I could kind of tell when Strathaven was on offense or Aston was on offense. So it was nice to be outside on the nice day. Like I said, there were a couple of dogs there that were very well behaved and made me wonder if Ziggy would ever be like this. (laughs) Aston ended up winning 10 to 6. There was a girl they had that had more than a couple goals. I think she was number four. The funniest thing was, though, there was this... Every so often, this pinging of what could have been the goalie hitting the goalpost with their stick, kind of like Ron Hextall did, and I'm sure other NHL goalies did it. But I couldn't tell if it was that or if it was somebody playing baseball, either doing a pitching machine or something like that, and it was an aluminum bat. And at one point, I said to Liz, I said, is that the goalie? making that noise, or is there someone in the distance on one of those other fields that were near where we were taking batting practice? Because I could tell it wasn't a game because there was, there was no cheering or anything like that. Now, also, right near where we were, there were a couple of kids throwing a lacrosse ball against the wall. And one of the other people there said, oh, no, that's kids throwing a lacrosse ball against the wall. I said, no, no, I hear what that is. I know what that sounds like. That sounds like a thud. The sound I'm hearing is metal and a ting, like the goaltender hitting the pipes of the goal or somebody hitting, using an aluminum bat, taking batting practice. And it, it just reminded me of, I know what two pennies in a jar sound like from, <laughs> what was that funny farm with Chevy Chase? If I were like Brian Fishler, I would, put a, would have put that clip in. <laughs> And sure enough, somebody turned to me and said, no, somebody's taking batting practice on a field behind, across from where we were. We were on one side of the field, then there was a lacrosse field, and then beyond that, in the back corner of the lacrosse field was a baseball field, evidently. Again, I'm not sure if it was an actual ball field or just a batting cage, but I could hear the tings of the the aluminum bat. And uh, one of the people were pretty impressed that I could tell that's what it was. Again, it's not rocket science. It's one or the other. I couldn't imagine what else. I I knew somebody wasn't working on the railroad on a Sunday afternoon. (laughs) So in this week's Just Listen, here's some sounds from Strathaven versus Aston at Sun Valley High School. I, we used to go to camp together in high school, and she just is like, she's like the greatest football player of all time. Yeah. And made from a different, yeah. different stock. 
Nobody really. So, That's what it seems like. Yeah. Like, I feel like you have to be that to be that successful. You yeah. have to be like that to be so it seemed like they were all lined up to shoot on the... It's crazy though, I didn't realize how yeah. much fun they had. I don't know if they all... The music's playing, mm -hmm. the girls are dancing. Mm -hmm. On the side... Meanwhile, like, that... It's funny, I was watching the same thing, I'm like... Like, guys, watch the game, stop! They're yeah. all dancing around, I thought, hey, there's a middle of the game, but... Yeah. They didn't have that much confidence in me yeah. now. Yeah. I guess you're not doing it for okay. We just got oh, the ball back. Here we go, man. This grass looks so thick. The ball's on the ground a lot, David. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so get out and just walk to the right to see like a pathway. Oh, come on. I thought Ellie had a good game yesterday. Yeah, great game yesterday. Yeah. So there are, the eighth grade goalie is the sister of my varsity goalie, who's a junior, who's just named the best goalie in, in the Central League. It was hard to get a good stretch because the parents, like I used to do when I went to Jane's games and Liz too, were constantly talking about other things besides watching the game. They were watching the game, but of course could do both. Whereas when I went to Jane's game, I either could socialize or talk about something or pay attention to the game, because I couldn't do both, because I had to listen to do both. So that's what it sounded like when I was at the game with Liz on Sunday afternoon. It was a nice day. I was just disappointed I didn't put shorts on. But Liz is, Liz is paid up until next, next year's auction, when who knows what she'll do. But she did make, I can tell you, and maybe I'll put in the show notes... The peanut brittle recipe, which I'm telling you, this peanut brittle was just outstanding. It always is. As long as the humidity is not high, the peanut brittle always works out and turns out great. She also made for the team, the peanut brittle stayed with the family. <laughs> it's that good. and You don't want to share that. Other than the few pieces that I ate. Uh, and I ate them before we boxed it up. So all is good. They don't know. <laughs> She also made these cupcakes. They were chocolate cupcakes. It was a new recipe. And she made a marshmallow-type icing. She was going to make these s'mores cupcakes that she made back when Jane was playing, I want to say, either junior or senior year, that were just very labor-intensive. You needed to use a blowtorch on the marshmallows, and they were great, and everybody loved them. But they, again, labor-intensive. It took all day because you had to wait for them to cool and so forth and so on. But these cupcakes were really good. And uh, if I can get them from Liz, I will either put them or the link to them in the show notes so you can check them out. Cupcakes were good. The icing was okay. The icing tasted like marshmallow, but it wasn't marshmallow. There was no marshmallow in it. But it tasted like marshmallow. It's like a chocolate cupcake with a marshmallow icing. Marshmallow flavored icing again it wasn't marshmallow as far as i know i could be wrong <laughs> but it was nice to be out and on the sidelines or up the hill from the field to just hang out for an hour and a half maybe i, I don't know how long we were there but it was nice to be out it was a nice day if it was raining i you know wouldn't have been great so before i go i just wanted to mention white canes connect episode 073 if you're not familiar white canes connect is the official podcast of the national federation of the blind of pennsylvania it's hosted by myself and lisa bryant 
who are both from the Keystone chapter, and we occasionally have some guest hosts. Stacy Leap is has been a guest host, and let me think who else. Preston Gaylor has been a guest host. In episode 073, Lisa and I talked to Shelby Perry from a company called iHesive. And I'm not going to tell you why it's called iHesive. You'll have to listen. But Shelby has a inspiring story. She had a snowboarding accident that literally cost her one of her eyes. We didn't get into the details of what exactly happened, but they tried to save her eye. They couldn't save it. And she goes through the process of getting a prosthetic eye, which I never knew, which was just fascinating to me because I do have some friends and know folks within the NFB of Pennsylvania that have prosthetic eyes. And the funniest things that I hear are when they pop out. In fact, I was on the phone with a friend of mine a couple of weeks ago, and I hear something hit a desk, and it turns out he said, oh, my eye just popped out. (laughs) And I just found that kind of funny. Another person I know was leaning over a balcony at a hotel a few stories up, and I don't remember if it was one or two. They popped out fell down, and somehow he and the other blind folks (laughs) found them, or found it. I don't remember which. But they found it down below. Fortunately, it had fallen into, I don't remember if it was grass or dirt, but it wasn't a hard pavement or a hard surface, so they weren't damaged. That was one thing that Shelby told us, that sometimes if they do fall out, you just have to make sure they're not a soft material. They are not glass, but they are hard where they could chip. And obviously, you don't want to stick that back in your eye socket because that's not going to be very comfortable. So that's episode 073 of White Canes Connect with Shelby from Ihesive. And she calls members of her community One Eye Gang. And I think that's very neat. And just to me, marketing something like that and merch, which she sells over at Ihesive.com, I just think it's just a great thing and sounds very cool. And she is hoping to get patches developed that are more professional than the ones that are available now, stick on patches as opposed to the kind you wear like a pirate would wear. It's just a lot easier because you don't, you're not constantly trying to adjust it. You plop it on, stick it on, it stays and and you're done. Right now, the only ones that evidently that are available are very kid oriented, And to me, that sounds like fun, but, you know, I get it if you're a professional. (laughs) You don't want to walk into the office with SpongeBob on your eye patch. I don't know why not, because I think that would be a great conversation starter. Or if you're an attorney, might cool things down if you're going for some sort of settlement or whatever. I don't know. But again, episode 073 of White Canes Connect. And you can find White Canes Connect on all of the normal podcast directories, Apple, Spotify, iHeart, Odyssey, so forth. You can also find it on YouTube at PA Blind Podcast. And you can listen to the episode there as well. That is all I have for this episode of I Can't See You. Remember, you can find the show notes over at ICan'tSeeYou.com slash 231. That's ICan'tSeeYou.com slash 231. Remember, I Can't See You sounds like a whole sentence, but it's only seven characters long. 
I-C-A-N-T-C-U.com slash 231. Please reach out to me, whether it's on social, at David Benj, on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, and on YouTube, where you can also listen to this podcast like Ziggy does. And there it's just YouTube.com slash David Benj. You can also reach out via phone at 646-926-6350. You've got up to three minutes to leave your name in town and whatever question, comment, show idea, gripe, whatever you've got, good or bad, I want to hear it. I'll play it on an upcoming episode as long as the audio quality is good. But please reach out, 646-926-6350. You can also reach out via email, I can't see you podcast at gmail.com. I can't see you podcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of I Can't See You. I really do appreciate it. Be well, stay safe, and I'll talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to the I Can't See You podcast with David. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. And don't forget to share the podcast with your friends.